with a different taker That's what makes our show great It's a Sports Week Podcast It's a Sports Week Podcast Hello everyone, welcome to the Sports Week Podcast, episode 4 My name's Liam, I'm here with my regular co-host uh, To my right, Damo, how you going mate? Good, thanks, Liam. How are you going? Very well, mate. Very well. Neilo, how are you going, buddy? Not too bad, mate. That's the way. And to the great man dangling in the corner, <laughs> hiding in the corner. Not sure what he's doing over there. How are you going? <laughs> Very well. Thank you, uh, Liam. That's the way. That's the way. <laughs> now, boys, before we get into the agenda for tonight and our first regular topic, Sinners and Winners, Neilo, you've got a bit of news for us? Absolutely. So what we're going to do this week is we're actually running our first ever competition. I'm very excited about this. Okay. So it's your chance to win four tickets to the AFL in round seven. Four? Absolutely four. Then that's provided you have three mates or if you don't, <laughs> you can always uh, take three of us and leave Dan out of there. That's fine. <laughs> Not great company, so I'm all right with that. <laughs> so what they've got to do is you've got to either retweet a status of ours. So retweet, say, this week's episode when we announce it on Twitter. That is and follow and follow us. You have to be a follower, of course, and or on Facebook. You have to like us on Facebook and share this week's episode on Facebook. There you go. It's exciting. Get around it. And obviously, we've got to put the terms and conditions. Is <laughs> that provided the game isn't sold out? Because we've got to buy your tickets. All right. So <laughs> otherwise, we can make it round eight if you really want. There you go. So uh, yeah, follow that, and uh, we'll have our winner in the next two weeks. Nilo, is that right? Absolutely. Episode six will be announcing the winner in the big Anzac day show there you go get around it so we'll get straight into it fellas uh, with our first regular topic sinners and winners which for those who haven't heard before is our individual highlight and low light of the sporting week and i've heard a few rumblings that daniel's got a few in his uh back pocket for tonight with the sinners but uh we'll kick off with damo first tonight you got the new ball mate as such you would say on footy classified it's go time fellas (laughs) so sinner of the week I don't think I'd be the only person uh, that would find this particular individual a bit on the nose at the moment, but we'll get into it. Referee Michael Oliver. Okay. Ah. Very nice. For those not in the know, he's the English referee who uh, was in charge of the Juventus-Madrid game this morning. Just to give a bit of background, Madrid were 3-0 up in the they were. first round, and this week was the uh, return game in Madrid, uh-huh. and... Coming towards the end of the game, Juventus were actually 3-0 up, so it was looking like it was going to head to extra time, so a a fairly sort of significant climax to the tie. Get to the 97th minute, and I don't know if uh, any people have actually watched the highlights of this. We have. I'd say a few have, (laughs) yep. Let's say a dubious penalty was called. That's a nice way of putting it. Apparently, defenders can't go for the ball these days. Not allowed, no. Uh, you just let your opponent have a free header into the back of the net, apparently. What's he done? So he gave away a penalty in the 97th minute and actually sent uh, Juventus legend Buffon from the pitch. Yep. And to quote the feelings that were summarised at the end of that, uh, I've actually got a, a blurb from ESPN. Uh, Pulled FC. out a blurb, oh, wow. wow. Oh, boy, this is a first. And this is a quote. So <laughs> his quote translated into English, a human being cannot destroy dreams like that at the end of an extraordinary comeback on a dubious situation. Clearly, you cannot have a heart in your chest, but a garbage bin. 
Oh, wow. Wow. So this is the keeper. Very nicely put. This is Buffon, the Italian legend, mind you. He's always had a way with words, though. Clearly, it would have sounded much better in Italian, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure how many of our listeners would understand if we had played the Italian version. And Ronaldo banged it home, and the rest is history, isn't it? There you go. It's just another nail in Ronaldo's uh, coffin for the most unpopular human being on the face of the planet. (laughs) That is true. Three people uh, in this particular room I don't think are great fans. I'm not a massive fan, but we should say we did actually run a poll on our Twitter account this morning. Mm-hmm. Who would you take, Ronaldo or Messi, if you had one pick? And the results were about right on 50-50. So I voted got, for Messi. You got, he's got some fans out there, that's for sure. But uh, keep going, Damo. Personally, boys, I don't think you can score the amount of goals that he does if you're no good. So that's true. I at, agree. At the end of the day, that's the way I look at it. Uh, I good. may be in the minority for this particular podcast casting if that's the word you'll use but um anyway he's he he goes all right now the winner of the week this is a bit of a feel-good story boys here we go so um not too many uh too sure how many people would be aware of this particular person and what he had achieved but there's a a gymnast for the australian team uh, that won a gold medal on the vault you'd be all familiar with the event the vault boys Mm -hmm. yep watch it religiously (laughs) <laughs> Can't say I've seen it. I know Daniel's a big fan, so huge, huge. Watches it on Eurosport every week. I Constantly, think. I'm up all night. I'm getting up at three a.m. to watch. It. He's got a poster of it on his desk at work for all, all the listeners <laughs> at home for a bit of uh, a visual. Anyway, Christopher Remkes. Ah, uh, yeah, know the guy. Yeah. Oh, Chris, I. Yep. Yeah, Daniel once again's a big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually has all the excuses in the world not to achieve anything. He was actually adopted from a Filipino orphanage at the age of two by a couple from South Australia. Started gymnastics at the age of five and, and I think reached the pinnacle of, of many athletes' career by winning a gold medal in his particular event. So to come Brilliant. from the hardship that he has and to achieve something that significant, I, th- I think is well-deserved to the winner of the week. Fantastic. Very, well very good feel-good story. Come on. Back to you, Liam. Okay, so I'll kick off with my sinner of the week. It's actually a joint sinner, and it's both from the same game. I like these ones. It's from the events of Etihad Stadium last Sunday oh, afternoon. All right, yep, bring well, this yeah. on. Now, the dual sinner, first Joe Danaher and Josh Green. Very For nice. that calamity in the golf square in the last quarter. Mm-hmm. Joey for not taking the responsibility on himself to kick the goal. And secondly, Josh Green for being a hungry little prick and looking for the handball. <laughs> Hello to those guys if they're My listening. My second sinner from the same game is the Western Bulldogs. Ooh, why? Now, the Western Bulldogs, if you don't know, chose to sing the song twice Did after they? the game. Wow. I mean, come on. You won a premiership 18 months ago. Now you're singing the song after beating a side that hasn't won a final since Around the Twist was on TV. I mean, <laughs> I mean come on. Like... Good on them. They got the they got the chockies. I think that was a bit over the top singing the song twice. Yep. Now moving along to my winner of the week. You're looking Dan- at me again, aren't you? Right. My winner of the week is actually the man to my right, Damo. Wow, my winner of the up week, and, up and about. Now, for those who don't know, Damo absolutely bleeds Melbourne in the footy. <laughs> Biggest D's man you'll ever you'll ever meet. Sleeps in his uh, demons pajamas every night, and they finally done it. They broke the drought. They hadn't beat North since World War Two. Um, they knocked over the Kangas. They knocked over the Kangas last Saturday. On your demo, and uh, round of applause for Damo. Well done, Damo. Smile while you're winning, boys. True. I, I did have my Stephen Tingo jumper on while watching the game. <laughs> yeah, with Damo, I think we should all notice that he's been through the D's, through the good times, the bad times, the dark times. 
the Joe Goodnick times, the- <laughs> and the even darker times as well. He's been through seeing the been through seeing the ox do his knee six times. He's been through seeing David Neitz get thrown out of crown in by security. <laughs> and finally, there's a bit of ray of light at the end of the tunnel. The D's are two and one. They could have easily been three and zip if old Maxi gone out to kick that goal against Geelong. Mm. Thanks, Liam. But I think they're flying. And uh, how are you feeling, Dame, about the D's? Things are looking very rosy down there. Yeah, I've uh, already pitched my tent where the AFL sell the grand final tickets. Uh, I'm getting ready to uh, secure my place. I thought that was going elsewhere for a second. <laughs> oh, boy. Good to hear you pitched a tent. But- <laughs> very, very excited about the uh, Melbourne Football Club, Damo. There you go. But, Damo, you are my winner of the week. Uh, we'll move it along to... Daniel, take it away, mate. Not sure how I'm going to uh, follow up after that one, but that's absolutely incredible. I think I might start with my winner, actually, on the back of uh, uh, Damo Sinner. So Damo Sinner obviously being Michael Oliver for sending off Buffon, the uh, Juventus goalkeeper. I've actually selected Gigi Buffon as my winner for his oh. comments about the referee. The ah. opposite. For a man that good with words to actually, uh, well, explode like that, I, I just found it absolutely hilarious. I, I shouldn't be commending uh, that kind of behaviour. I mean, it obviously <laughs> got him sent off. He's an emotional guy. He's an emotional guy. And you know what? That, there's nothing really wrong with that. I mean, there was a lot at stake. The ref deprived us uh, fans of uh, extra time in a fascinating game. So for him to actually say to him, clearly you cannot have a heart in your chest but a garbage bin. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, that, that takes a lot of wit and, you know, spur of the moment creativity. So you feel for him. He went on afterwards in the press conference when asked about Michael Oliver. He responded that he should be in the stands, not refereeing the game, but he should be in the stands with his wife watching the game. Wow. Eating crackers. <laughs> <laughs> what has his wife got to do with anything? I, I don't know, but apparently he should be sitting there in the stands with his wife eating crackers and watching the game as a spectacle instead of actually participating. Wow. And you know what? Based on that decision, I agree with him. So you are my winner of the week. Bang. My sinner, I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it. He's uh, dominated the news now for quite some time. Even the people that don't watch the NBA know exactly who he is. Oh, no. Mr. Tristan Thompson of the Cleveland Cavaliers, <laughs> you, my man. You know what? I've never really liked the bloke. He was lucky, absolutely lucky. Somehow he scored himself for a player of limited <laughs> ability compared to his direct colleagues. An $82 million contract. I didn't read that today, too. Over five years. Now, he was in. that's right place, almost right time. Almost as much time. as our contract. Almost, almost. He pulled down a few um, offensive rebounds. The Cavs just on a knee-jerk reaction gave him this contract and he is riding this thing out. Like I said, for a player, in my opinion, that's got ability that's very, very limited compared to his direct Are you colleagues. Are stats or something else that's happened? Last no, couple. definitely something else. <laughs> Thanks uh, for asking, Liam. I went on a bit of a tangent myself. Uh, we'll go straight to it. He cheated on his nine-month pregnant girlfriend. Wow. Uh, who is? Who is, of course, uh, the one, the only, Chloe Kardashian. He's done it for the second time, uh, which is, so he basically left his pregnant partner. For her. For her. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now, that for a man who only last week against the Wizards spent 10 minutes on the court, Let's just remind everyone he's sitting on an $82 million contract over five years. In that 10 minutes against the Wizards, he racked up not one stat aside from one personal foul. Wow. Was he getting out of the the way of the ball on, <laughs> on, on purpose? I mean, how do you actually go about accomplishing that? I, I think I would actually get an assist in 10 minutes. He's had a stinker of a year on and off the court now, that's for sure. 
Terrible. Uh, can't play basketball, so we played Chloe Kardashian. Uh, Tristan Thompson, you are my absolute sinner of the week. Editorial stuff there from Daniel. He's been rehearsing that one, I think. Uh, Daniel, is he following on from your uh, winner of last week with the retweeting the celebrities asking them out on, on dates? Is, is that how he's operating? Oh, no, this is uh, a little bit more of a low-ball operation <laughs> yeah, by Tristan so. Thompson, I think. Uh, did we ever hear back? Did Rihanna reply? Still hasn't replied to Mr. Embiid, no. Unfortunately not. But watch this space. When she does, he's going to be my winner again. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, look, I'm going to take over and I'm going to do my sinners and winners of the week. So, my winner is the Commonwealth Games. Now, the reason why, before you do that there, Liam, you might want to actually think about this. The reason for the being the winner... Is it still going? Is the, is the reason because it's about to finish? Is that why you're going to the winner? The reason why it's my winner is because they have actually managed to mix the able-bodied Commonwealth Games participants with the para-athletes together. That's a fair call. And Pay honestly, that. it has been absolutely fantastic. You know, not have, having to watch... Uh, the Paralympics or the para, well, para so they're Commonwealth side by Games. Side, are they? They're, doing... they're side by side right. in between each other's events. Okay. Uh, I've seen it all in the pool. It's been absolutely fantastic. And look, you know, given the given the sinner that I gave in week one about the Olympics, yep. the Winter Olympics, that is, that is good. I honestly feel like that they should be doing this in the Summer Olympics, as I said, and they've been getting prime time airtime between the big races, and it's been absolutely fantastic. They've been getting more publicity than they've ever got in their lives. Well said, Neil. And absolutely fantastic. My sinner of the week. Is the Commonwealth Games? Oh, oh no! This block, now, this block in the Commonwealth Games. Make up your mind. <laughs> I'm doing what what Dan did on week one, but um, the Commonwealth Games. The reason why is it is I was excited about it. I'm not anymore. It is a boring Australian, to put it mildly, wank fest. <laughs> We are absolutely just dominating, and it's very it's to the point where it's embarrassing. Um, you know, I, there were so many medals this week. We were watching the swimming, my wife and myself at home on the couch, and so many of them were one, two, three Australia. <laughs> it was just, it was literally embarrassing, to be honest. This is my issue with the Commonwealth Games, Neil. Like, who wants to see an Australian dominate in swimming against oh, yeah. some Kenyan who's yeah. never even been in a pool before and he's swimming exactly. in the Commonwealth Games? Exactly. Like, yeah. And look, that's why that's why I'm saying it's <laughs> embarrassing how good we are in the pool. I mean, get this, out of the 50 gold medals, we won 28 of them. Awesome. One country, one twenty-eight. That's unbelievable. And look, I mean, I do get the point where the commentators were saying after they said that stat, you know, it is about giving the young athletes a chance, the non-recognised athletes, um, you know, the, especially the para-athletes as well. It's been fantastic to see them mixed in, as I already have said. But you can't have a competition, international competition dominated so much by the one country. And I will give out the only shout-out to the only sport that I've been enjoying is the hockey. There you go. Good stuff, Nilo. Whack. Whack indeed. Now, boys, we'll move on. That was a nice rendition of Sinners and Winners. Now, we'll get into the agenda items for this evening. Now, first up, we're going to talk Mayweather-McGregor. Now, <laughs> yes. there's been plenty going on in this space in the last couple of weeks, Nilo. Are we going to talk about something else that happened with Yes, we McGregor? will. We will. So, let's talk about that first of all. Before we get into the potential fight between the two for the second time, I'm sure by now we've all caught up with uh, old mate Connor's antics last week uh, the UFC event. For those who didn't see it, Neil, do you want to give a quick rundown of what he did? Yep. So, 
they were they were doing the UFC press tour um, day before I think it was two twenty three that was last weekend, and the, all the fighters were in the bus, or at least half of the fighters, sorry, were in the bus. And he flew down from Ireland. With he like flew 20 down goons. from Ireland. He was so <laughs> angry that the UFC had stripped him of his title, um, and also he was angry at some derogatory comments by one of the other fighters. He flew down with twenty of his mates on a private jet, got let in barged by the guards and then started um, assaulting the bus and obviously broke windows, injured fighters so they couldn't fight on uh, the weekend. So brought 20 Absolutely of his mates disgraceful. Yeah, 20 of his mates came along, hey? Terrible. Pretty much. It's a pretty ordinary thing. So what were your overall thoughts on it, Neil? Do you think it was, from my perspective, just from seeing the way he acts in the past, mm. I'm 50-50 if it was premeditated or not if it was planned uh, yeah yeah same I, my I personal view that. i think it may have been planned but yep. it went a bit too far with the injuring the people yeah but they got to promote stuff him and floyd that's yep. look at the promotion even though he got arrested yeah, look at exactly. the promotion how could it not be premeditated you just accidentally hire a private jet from ireland and fly to <laughs> the u.s <laughs> with motive. 20 of your friends but mm. how, how could yeah. that be an accident i think that what liam's saying is that he didn't mean to hurt anyone and look i get that but at the same time you've got to realize that your actions have consequences and when you go throwing bins and dollies pay. and stuff against the against the bus in in all seriousness when i saw the footage though the first thing i thought it's pretty ordinary the, the first thing i thought that was you know uh, there had to be some sort of drugs involved honestly there it, had was, to be. it was roid rage roid rage or coke let's be let's call a spade a spade or the fact that he's simply a brainless animal I don't think so, though. I, I honestly have a lot of respect, or I had a lot of respect for Conor McGregor before this. It reminds you of the meme you see floating around on, on social media, doesn't it? With all the people poking fun at Floyd Mayweather and his reading abilities and, and mm. all, all the other things. And, and then perhaps there was a statement, uh, we couldn't possibly look stupider than uh, Floyd Mayweather, could we? And then Conor McGregor's Does like, that? hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I did hear in the after it that Dana White's come out and said he may never potentially fight again in the UFC now after that. Did you guys see that? No. I straight away tweeted that he will never, ever fight in the UFC again, and I 100% believe it, and I know the UFC is full of second chances, and I know he's such a huge, huge part, but Dana White afterwards in that interview was, was that filthy, and I know he's a man to hold a grudge. He will. He doesn't speak to half of the fighters because he he's hates He's going to get them. the shit suit out of him, McGregor, by all those blokes that he cut, and I think, think there was a woman as well fighter that got There was cut. five people who couldn't fight on, on Sunday because lost of earnings. that. Lost earnings, everything. He could lose absolutely everything he has. What a selfish disgrace. But the money that he makes from the second Mayweather fight, I think he'll have change left over. And, and as far as Dana White's concerned, to say that he'd never have him back again, I'm sure if someone drove a, a truck with $100 million in the back of it and said, <laughs> oh, let's have Mayweather on the card again, I don't know. it would surely convince him. I honestly don't know. I think Dana's a really spiteful and vengeful person. I don't, I'm not a massive Dana White fan, and I don't think that... I, I honestly can't see him fighting in the UFC again. I think... Personally, I think just from the way McGregor's carrying on, I think he's even resigned to the fact he might not fight in the UFC again. He wants to get this enormous payday with a second fight with yeah. Floyd. What did they make? $300 million they grossed in the first one? He there's, made 100 There's talk... Total fight. There's talk that it could be even doubled to $600 million this fight. Mm, if they could insane. make $300 million each, he'd happily retire. Oh, for would sure. Would for he sure. need to do anything again? Nah, no, not of at course all. not. Why would you get, want to get your face punched in if you've already got $300 million? Once again, hold my beer. Exactly. Way too much money. <laughs> How much would people pay to watch me and you fight, Liam? <laughs> I'd pay. I, I got five cents in my pocket. <laughs> 20 I'll, bucks. 20 mil? I'll take it. Maybe we should tweet that out. See what think. <laughs> Run a poll. But moving along, boys, we should also, uh, along the lines of the Mayweather-McGregor fight, there is a lot of talk, obviously, of them now potentially fighting in the octagon. Now, 
what's come out, Damo, in the last 24 to 48 hours is some information that it might not actually just be a standard UFC fight. There is talk that it will be in the octagon, but it will be with amended rules, which I think takes a lot of the gloss off it, to be honest. There's talk that mm. there'll be um, no kicks, no takedowns, no elbows, no knees. So what's the point? It's basically just two blokes boxing, boxing in, the in the octagon with the UFC gloves and bare feet. Bare feet. Which which I think will probably be the biggest advantage. It'll bring McGregor's speed back into the bout uh, with the, the lighter gloves. Possibly, possibly. We've got to remember, how old's Floyd now? 40, 42? 50, no, he's he's not 50. I don't know. No, but, no, he's 40, I think. But do we think it'll happen, this fight? Or Well, if it's not a proper boxing match, it won't uh, impact his, his record, will it? No, it won't. And he'll that's the reason why he's, yeah. he'll probably fight. Such a washed-down version of it. I'm, I'm actually disappointed. I was getting excited, and I, I really couldn't care for it, to be honest with you. I'll be honest. Like, I'm, as you guys know, a big Floyd Mayweather fan. I actually flew over to America to watch him fight about three or four years ago. Yeah. Now, if it's a pure UFC fight, I'll be the first to admit, Floyd will not get through the first minute. True. I wouldn't think. Oh, of course not. True. He'll get taken down and just have his head snapped off. It won't be pretty. Yeah. Um, well, it might be. Well, for the, yeah, well, for those I who aren't like a fan, it. it would be. But do you think for Floyd, he can keep his 50-0 record in boxing, have this, I don't know what you'd call it, just freak show freak show of a fight, earn another $300 million, Why not? He'd probably take it. Absolutely. And Absolutely. people are going to eat it up with a spoon, the, the media, the fans. There's no doubt of it would be course, very popular. for that amount of money. With Mayweather, though, it, surely money couldn't be a, a motivating factor anymore. Like Still his nickname. Yeah, but <laughs> at, at yeah. the end of the day, how much do you need? Well, the tax man was after him last year, so obviously I think he does need it. <laughs> Taxman was on his ass big time. I'm yeah, sure. No. I'm sure he'd have a little bit tucked away. He'd have a little bit, but and we all know how much McGregor's going to be in trouble. And look, yeah, the, the other it. issue is, I mean, if he goes to jail, will he ever be allowed back in the United States? That's a question as well. So True. it might have to be fought overseas, back in yep. Ireland or something. You'd. you'd uh You'd be worrying about Floyd's security if he was in Ireland, I think. With oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. MCG, nice summer's night, boys. Oh, hey, there Pretty we go. Idea, That's a good reckon. pitch. 100,000 people. Yeah. But if it does happen, what are we predicting? Who would win and, and how? In the altered rules? Altered rules? Who are you going for, Neil? It would be very close. I think that um, I think that you're right with the speed coming back into it. I think that, um, Who wins? that McGregor wins. Daniel? I, I'm with Neil, to be honest with you. I, I was impressed with McGregor in that first fight. I didn't expect that he much from him. He boxed very well. He really did. Surprised he really, me. He kind of won me over. I, I still don't like him as a person, but he, mm. he won me over on that day. He, he did well. So I, I think in this uh, type of environment, I reckon he'll take it. There you go. Damo? With the much smaller gloves, I think if Mayweather actually comes to fight and he actually catches McGregor, uh, I think he'll knock him out. He can take a punch, Floyd. Connor actually hit him with a couple of very nice uppercuts in that fight. He did. But yeah, I think any rules in an octagon, I'm taking Connor. Even though, as I said, I'm the biggest Floyd fan going around, I think Connor would eat him up in the octagon. But we'll watch this space. There's going to be plenty coming up in the coming weeks with what will happen with McGregor with the potential uh, arrest and court cases. And yeah, so we'll follow Suings and what have you. And yeah, we'll definitely follow it in the coming weeks. Now, We'll move it along, boys. We're going to uh, switch tact over to the AFL now. Very good. And it was a very interesting uh, <laughs> round three for a few reasons. Oh, yeah. Where should we start, boys? I think Damo's got, uh, unfortunately, something up his sleeve he wants to kick off with. Oh, so there you go. I might put me uh, sleeping uh, pill in and uh, have, a, have a chat, Damo. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this. I have alluded to this in past episodes when a major talking point from the weekend's round comes up and it does happen to involve someone you know's favourite team. <laughs> it, like- always, it always puts a little bit of extra mayonnaise 
on, on the singer. <laughs> bit of Palmerson on top. <laughs> I'm not liking the smile on your face, Damien. <laughs> no, You're looking no. very smug at the moment. I have to admit, I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed the, the lead up to this. And it's funny that you said before with the Josh Green and, and Joe Danaher incident in the goal square, it did look like an episode of the Benny Hill show. <laughs> it, <Yeah>. did. <laughs> it did. And it did music. It, it's funny that you went mentioned the word hungry. Uh, if Josh Green was oh, a little oh, bit no. more hungry, Here you know, to score know or, or Joey Danaher. Oh, Seems oh, that he oh. wasn't the only one who was hungry on the day. Old Chompers McKenna, is that what you're referring to? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yeah. uh, a couple Suarez of random McKenna. thoughts in, in, in regards to Conor McKenna. The, after the tribunal hearing coming out, uh, the look on his face definitely looked like he'd bitten off more than he could chew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. How many puns are we going to get in this segment? Oh, no. And it, <laughs> and it turns out that uh, his teammates are, are quite upset with uh, young Conor. Apparently, they had a dinner set up for after the match concluded and um, apparently Connor said he couldn't come because he already ate. Oh, oh right that's out. terrible. <laughs> so now, the first one was good, but you had to go to the second oh, one yeah. and you blew it. But uh, yeah, it wasn't the greatest incident, but uh, what Not else caught look. your eye from the round demo? Well, the other big thing I think is the rejuvenation of, of the Ruckman. Very true. I, I think there's uh, a lot of big men playing very well at the moment. Maxi Gorn. Grundy, <laughs> but Not Nui. but, but something that um, stands Chambers. out for me, and and it, <laughs> and, it and it did actually uh, uh, tear down my bet of the week. So I hope nobody uh, listened, lost, lost their <laughs> listened, paycheck on, on last week's tip. But I'll make it up to you this week. Don't worry. Was the importance of a good ruckman in your side? Now the Brisbane almost beating Port in. Um, South Australia was a massive effort. Great effort. Br- Brisbane played their hearts out, but I think the the thing that really shines out is is how hard it is to play in the current season of football and the way things are going without a decent ruckman. Mm. This is Steph Martin you're talking about? Yeah, definitely, and and uh, more so Port losing Paddy Ryder. Yeah, makes a big difference. He and, dominated Steph Martin. And you think of a lot of sides. Say, for example, you take Max Gorn out of Melbourne. You take Nick Natanui away from West Coast, and it's going to be hard for any of those sides to win. For sure. It is. It's good yep. to see the big man back. They are. Anything else, Damo? Catch your eye? Besides the D's breaking the drought? I, I think on, you, you know, you you, you know that. Come on. And, yeah, like I said, I'm uh, already reserving my grand final tickets for September, <laughs> and it's it's going to be a successful year. Upgrade great, of the membership. Great to see Petreka. Uh, fulfilling his potential I think he's only going to get better And he's a bit like uh, Dusty Martin When they put him up forward he's, he's able to compete with the big blokes he is. And he's just too good for the small blokes Another so, good test for you this week against the Hawks I think it is Yeah, so I'll be heading along to the Ooh. MCG on Sunday And mm, um, nice. hopefully watch our boys get up But it is a danger game It could go either way Huge game. What were your thoughts, Daniel? Uh, this will be interesting all I'm going to talk about is that absolute monstrosity that I said and threw up on uh, <laughs> Sunday. I was, abs- I was the main person that I was filthy with was with was actually myself for for getting out of bed to go and watch that. <laughs> I, I mean, why should I if the players don't really? Um, how much more can Essendon FC fans cop? How much more do we have to take? before it starts to turn for us. You know what got me the most? It was the absolute lack of effort. You yeah. look at a few of the stats. We conceded 23 marks inside 50. What, yeah. what, what was our back line and doing? The Bulldogs had minimal tall targets too. Yeah. We had all the tall targets. We had nearly 100 less disposals as a whole. We had nearly 100 less uncontested possessions. That stat tells a story. 
You're not running. It shows you're not running, not many. We up. laid 43 tackles all up, considering we had that much less in terms of possessions. We conceded 140 uncontested, uncontested marks. Can you believe that? It's nasty. <laughs> all these points, sorry, Damo, all these points to simply a lack of effort. Zero leadership, second to every contest, turnovers on what felt like every single possession. Me, me and you were there, Liam. If we had a drinking game for every time we turned the ball over, we would have been We'd be the Alfred. We'd have we would have been the Alfred. We wouldn't have made the show tonight. They were insipid. It was putrid. And you know what? There's no chance I'm going to be there this Sunday. So, Damo, you wow. enjoy your Sunday watching the Ooh. death. Will do. Didn't the doggies have something like 165 marks or something for the game? Oh, could they have did. been. They it did. was ridiculous. The dogs just wanted them more, didn't they, I tell you? It was pathetic. But mainly the lack of leadership was what got me. No one wanted to stand up for yeah. us and take the, the game by the scruff of so the how neck. can they turn around, Daniel? It's only all in the season. It's one and two. Like, what should they Effort. do? Effort. Start showing some heart. Start showing that you care. Start, sh- start showing that you're interested. One or two individuals, and you know what? I'm actually single. Gonna, someone out who? Who in particular? You Dyson Hairpool, mate. Come on, Ooh. stand up, Ooh. stand up. Take the game by the scruff of the neck. The I know captain. you're I, the captain. If it's not going to be the captain, then who's it going to be? No, you're right. Who's going to lead from the front at that team? I reckon if BJ was given the opportunity, Brendan Goddard, he would actually know how to do it. Absolutely, yeah. Show some accountability. Has he been playing really that badly though? Like really that badly? I, I read Dyson something. Apple. Yeah, I read something this week that someone said that he was that slow that he looks like he's running backwards. Like <laughs> surely he can't be that bad. He has been. I, I honestly, I look. I'm a huge Apple fan, but yeah. no, he has been. And you know what? I'm, I'm not even talking to how he's been playing. I'm talking specifically leadership. about his leadership or mm. lack thereof. Come on, mate. Start pointing the finger. Everyone hammers Goddard for pointing the finger. At least he gives people accountability and responsibility for how they're contributing to the team out there. Is he that type of captain, though? He's like, not. Uh, he's not. For, for example, you, you look at certain players like Tex Walker, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, he sort of commands respect through his physicality, yep. if you will. Yep. His size, yep. his stature. And probably unfortunate timing to draw a comparison, but... Prior to the ball tampering incident, Steve, Steve Smith was more a captain that just led by his talent, right? Yeah. So, would, wouldn't Dyson Heppel be considered more a captain like that as opposed to a point the Absolutely. finger and, yep. and do what I say yep. Yep. or I'll pummel you into the and ground it's, type it's captain? It's not the right type of captain to have when the chips are down because he doesn't stand up and he doesn't take the game on. So, I'm pleading with him did to you, do that. Did you notice how at halftime he did keep the team out and he did grill them at halftime? Yeah, that worked well. But but does it intimidate or does anybody listen? No. Not to Dyson Apple, no. Who else you got on your sides, Daniel, on the Essendon side? There was a few passengers Sunday. Oh, there were a few. There, there's too many to name. You know what? I'll give three players a pass. It's going to be Bagley. It's going to be uh, Fantasia. And... Horatio. Horatio Fantasia. Actually, you know what? I'll probably leave. No, I'll give Devin, Devin Smith a pass as well. Yeah, he's been a good pickup. Three of our players that, from what I was watching, that they were actually showing effort. They kept on running. Mm. They kept on going. Damo, go on. Here we go. How about Chompers? Yeah. Oh, right. here we go. Righto. <laughs> Liam, what are your thoughts on the round all up? Well, yeah, well, it's hard to go past the SNN game, obviously. Um, it is. I think, furthermore, what you were saying, like, we know it was, a, it was a very ordinary performance. I think for me, when you've got a side that's just fallen into the eight last year, like Essendon, you need your best players to be playing well. Now, Joe Danaher and Zach Merritt oh. were both all Australians last year, yep. and they've both had a very average start to the season yep. so yep. far. When your best players aren't playing well, it's very hard to win. It's just simple Good as that. Point. Now, we all know. 
I think for me, Daniel, myself, Daniel and Neil, we're all big fa- fans of Joe Danaher. At his best, he's, he's a freak. Great. Terrific. Yeah. He's a freak. Yeah. But his worst is like the worst player in the AFL. Yeah. Mm. The gap between his best and his worst is just so big. Yeah. And yeah, he's just got to somehow work on his consistency. I think one thing, I did see a, a quote on Twitter, which was actually a very good comment. Now, one thing that rolls your brother up, Daniel, which, which he's, he's going to come on the show in the next few weeks, yep. is Joey's continual laughing and smiling after oh, some, uh, bombing some on the full and, yeah. and so forth. It's now, terrible. Yeah. I did see a tweet the other day which would which said something along the lines of, back in the day when Matthew Lloyd was playing and Kevin Sheedy was coach, yep. if Matthew Lloyd was bombing him out on the full and he was laughing and giggling, do you think Kevin Sheedy would have copped it? It would be dropped for two weeks and, and, and docked his pay as well, even being a Coleman uh, medal, uh, medalist. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think that's just the way Joey plays. He loves the game. Yeah. He seems like a real friendly, happy bloke, but he's got to cut that out no. of his game. Yeah, that's not a good look, no. yeah. especially when you're losing a game which you should be winning. Correct. I mean, look at the contrast. I, mean, I hate to bring it back, but look at Buffon and the way that he mm. reacted when things didn't go his way. Uh, imagine he laughed. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's not good form. I think... It's not. It's a bit too early to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say the season's over. Like they're only one and two. No. Things can change very quick. Oh, I've flipped it already. <laughs> they can look. They've got a very big test this week against Port. I definitely don't. I'm not tipping them to beat Port. I've honestly tipped them. You have. I there have. You go. I, I, the talent that we've got in that team. I think it's all about upstairs. Or it's all about what's going on in the head. And if we can turn that around, I think we've got enough talent on the field to beat any team in the I, AFL. I think that's the thing. Day. Like I did hear David King on AFL 360 last night mention that with Essendon, it's not a talent thing at all it's an application thing the talent's there yeah blokes just right. aren't working hard enough that's right and not following team rules and it's the thing i did see a stat the other day as well that uh out of essendon's last 13 losses nine of them have been against sides who are in the bottom nine on the table at Terrible. that time so essendon just so predictably unpredictable it's just the story of the last 20 years unfortunately but yeah we'll we'll, we'll definitely uh review it again in the next few days just one other thing Neil, before i go on Besides Essen, about what I thought of the round, one thing that did catch my eye quite a bit was I think Carlton might be going backwards. Now, they've obviously had the rebuild going for the last couple of years and they were actually were obviously predicted to actually improve quite a bit this year, but they mm. actually, Damon, what do you think? They looked really looked very ordering against Collingwood the other night. Yeah, they didn't play well, but they are still a very young side, let's be honest. They did lose... How long can you keep copping the young side? Like you can't. They've been terrible for ten yeah. years. People said the same thing about Melbourne a couple of years ago, and Ruzi's second and, and third year, or oh, second year, and then Goodwin's first year. Like it, it takes time. And like they lost Gibbs, who is in their top three players without question. And it's a wait and see, I guess. Well, we ran, we actually did run a poll on the Twitter account after the Collingwood Carlton game Friday night. We asked we Carlton fans, "Is this just a young side you cop it, or is this just a disgrace and it's not good enough?" And I think it was about it was about seven or 80%, Daniel, that agreed in that, that it was just not good enough. Yeah. Yeah, so that was probably my main two takeaways. Yes, and performance, Carlton. And on an, one other point that I actually want to mention as a little uh, highlight for this coming round, a man that's absolutely Torresson and a new one about, seems like about 25 years ago, plays his 200th game this week. And I think he's been a very underrated player. That's Mark Lacroix. Plays yeah. His yeah. I, I can't believe this guy's still coming. <laughs> a Frenchman. I honestly reckon he played against us in like 93. It's, it's, it's incredible. He kicked 12 on Heath Hocking when I was about 10, I reckon. Yeah. And he, he's still playing, still kicking snags. Yep. It does feel like he's been around forever. He's had a yep. couple of knee recos as well. Yeah, he? he's had one. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to Lacroix, the Frenchman. Great career and good luck to his 200th. Good call, Neil. Well, your thoughts on the round, mate? 
Well, I look, obviously a lot of it's already been covered, but I was going to say uh, I thought that Sydney had a good effort beating GWS. I was going to say that was very significant in my eyes too, Neil. Yep, I, I thought that, uh, you know, Sydney, I, I think I tipped GWS and I tipped them by a few goals, but Sydney have really, really come to play and, you know, how good is Buddy, honestly. Uh, I felt like with the next, you know, with the other game, Richmond being the Hawks, put them back in their place and that right. was good. Um, because I don't like the Hawks at all. And uh, sorry to all the Hawks fans listening. But Are they as good as last year, the Tigers, you reckon? Oh. oh, that's a great question. It's early days, I know, they but they do look are. quite good they on us. They probably are. They beat Hawthorne easily. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and Hawthorne were playing well up until that point. Uh, yep. Yep. You're right. And the last one, I think, one of the team. one of the highlights of the round <laughs> was was West Coast versus Geelong. Man, I thought Geelong were dead and buried when they were 40 points down, and then they came back and drew level and then lost. So, Have you been racing home to rub the ointment on Gaza's hammy every night to oh, get him right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, no. No, it is sad to see a champion in the game get injured. We'd like to see the champs out there and... Uh, at his age, probably be what four or five week hammy. Do you think, Damo? Or oh, but how long's a piece of string? Yeah, at his age, yeah. Mm. Oh, I was just going to say there, Neil. How many times did you uh, chop up and and re-stick your tape back together <laughs> the Geelong membership during that game? <laughs> oh, it was a topsy turvy game, wasn't it? I tell you, you know, uh, I, I thought I honestly thought Geelong were home and hose, and then Nat Nui comes out and bang, bang, bang. I tell you, he's amazing. He's a freak. There you go. Any final thoughts, boys, on the footy from the round just gone? No, nothing coming to mind, actually. I think we've covered things pretty well. Boys, we'll move it along, and we're going to talk about the Champions League. Very good. Which this morning was an extraordinary result, as Damo touched on in his sinners and winners. Daniel, give us your rundown on what's happened in the Champions League the last few days. Oh, uh, where do I start? It's actually been a whirlwind. It's, there's been so, there's been so much drama. It's been um, amazing. It has been absolutely amazing. Um, so obviously we had the quarterfinals. The second leg actually uh, went by just earlier this morning. A couple of highlights, obviously, in the, the first two games. Uh, there was The Mighty uh, Redmen. The Mighty Redmen, of course. Uh, Liverpool got through against Man City against all the odds. There was a bit of controversy there with a disallowed goal, which shouldn't have been disallowed. But mm. Liverpool, uh, all in all, definitely deserve that. I did hear yesterday morning when I was starting work, a bit of rumble coming from downstairs. and What was that all about? It sounded like Ric Flair had walked into <laughs> the building. <laughs> Uh, Rick Flair walked back into the office. Um, can Liverpool win it? Let's throw it out there, boys. What do we think? Can. Are they good enough? Yes. Please. With Mo Salah on the field, we could. Without Mo Salah, no. The thing is, with Liverpool, they're capable of uh, dismantling any team in the world on their day. On They've their day. got so much attacking prowess. If it all gels for them, then yes, absolutely. But uh, credit to him, credit to Mo Salah. He just keeps on knocking in goals. It's absolutely out of control. Aside from that, of course, uh, Neil, did you want to expand on Liverpool's effort? Well, I was just going to, the only thing I was going to say is when I woke up, uh, I was watching it on delay and, and uh, Damo had to actually text me and I was like, <laughs> oh no, oh yeah. no, he never texts me, oh no, what's going on, what's going wrong? But I didn't open the text and I w- w- sat down and then to watch the first two minutes and saw Man City score and I'm like, oh no, oh no, surely not, surely not. But thank God we got over the line. So the final four are, Daniel, in the Champions League? Final four, we've got Liverpool. Uh, we've got Romo, who we absolutely have to talk about. Wow. I, I could not mm. believe my eyes this morning. That was I, amazing. I had to get confirmation. I texted my brother and asked him, I said, did Roma actually just knock out Barcelona? <laughs> you had Barcelona to win it, didn't you, last week? I did indeed. They were down 4-1. 4-1 and then uh, took, it to, took it to Barca in Rome, beat them 3-0. Absolutely incredible, incredible. effort. So we've got Roma, we've got Liverpool, uh, Bayern Munich in the board draw, the snooze fest, <laughs> drew nil-nil with uh, Seville and they're through. 
That was hilarious. That was actually probably my favourite game to be watching. It was only 2-1. There was an away goal in it. It was all to play for and yep. just boring. Didn't deliver. Uh, Munich obviously locked up Seville. Well, obviously... Uh know what they're doing at this uh, stage of the competition. The other one, of course, we spoke about earlier with uh, Juventus uh, being extremely unlucky in the um, (laughs) opinion of uh, the four of us being knocked out in the absolute last minute by Cristiano Ronaldo penalty. So uh, uh, to summarise everything, we've got Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, who are the heavy hitters. We've got Roma and Liverpool. We don't know who's playing who yet? No, not yet. The draw is yet to to take place, Damo. Who do we think will win it from here, boys? What's, what's your tip out of the final four, Liam? Is it obvious, straightforward, stick, sticking with the heart? Nah, I never go with the heart. You should know that. I'm not the person who goes with heart on tipping. I would say definitely still Real Madrid I for myself. So, yeah. They're the clear standout side. I'd love to see Liverpool win it. I think if they somehow avoid Real Madrid in the semis, yep. I'd love to see them at least make the final, which yep. would be a great effort. That'd be amazing. But yeah, Madrid for me. Might Nilo? Be, might be two tickets over there, eh? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> never know. Nilo, your, your pick? Uh, I think it has to be Real Madrid, yep. Dan? Uh, I, I want it to be anyone but Real Madrid. So <laughs> oh, cool. I don't want it to be Real Madrid. Based on that, I'm going to go Munich because I think they're the most uh, capable of locking them down. And, um, well, they're experienced. They've been there before. They've got a quality squad. So I'm going to go with them. And uh, I, I hope either Liverpool or Roma can do it. I'm with Daniel. I think Munich have got them all covered quite Ooh. easily. Wow. Munich are a quality organisation. They've been there or thereabouts for longer than I can remember. Yep. And their squads are just on the, you know, in the next with stars. planet. Like, yeah. it's unbelievable. There Interesting. You go. There you go. So, we'll definitely watch this space and we'll uh, definitely discuss this in coming weeks more with the Champions League semis upon us. Uh, boys, now let's move it along a bit further to our next topic of the night. I think we're at our last topic of this evening. And this is our famous, world-famous demo, top three segment, <laughs> which I know you love. Well, hey. <laughs> now, tonight, this was Daniel's choice of the topic for the top three. Do you want to tell everyone what it is, Daniel? Yeah, well, um, I wanted to hear the boys' uh, top three sporting heartbreaks. Personal, on a personal level. On a personal level, of course. Um, <laughs> Lots to choose from. Something that scarred you, boys. Something that's <laughs> left you uh, uh, dis- bitter. distraught, bitter, and uh, cynical. Cynical. <laughs> Damo, you know what? You got the raw end last time. Uh, I reckon we throw it over to Damo to uh, kick off proceedings. Ooh. I appreciate that. Yes, I have to admit I was a little bit disappointed that my top five last week got absolutely butchered. <laughs> but, um, Massacre. These, these, these are the things that we deal with. So, the first one that I will bring up. So, number three. Yep. 2001 Wimbledon. So, in the final, we had one Pat Rafter playing. Goran, wasn't it? Yeah, old mate Goran. <laughs> really, Damo? <laughs> This was heartbreak for you, was it? No, I, I don't I think I'd personally. be alone. I, I think oh nearly everybody in Australia watched that match. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. though it was, what, at two in the morning or uh, something by the yeah. time it that finished. so good. And I remember watching it with mum, actually. And she was absolutely distraught. She was a massive Pat Rafter fan. And, and I was on the train and on the Pat Rafter train. And I remember watching it and, and actually feeling genuinely disappointed that he lost, I think, to get to the fifth set. And I think he lost 9-7 in Kicked the fifth set. the cat or set. something? Or <laughs> break a vase? Or? Is that how you roll out at your place? Do we need to get the RSPCA involved there, Liam? Or? Good call, Damon. No animals were harmed in the filming of this. Uh, on to number two, 2006 World Cup. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, so, no. once again, I think everybody in Australia was up and watching yeah. uh, the TV at this time and, and riding the Australia train and the underdogs pushing quite deep into the World Cup. Get to near the end of the game and the penalty. It's Italy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was. So, Lucas Neal brought down Fabio Grosso. 
and the way in which it happened was i think the hardest thing to deal with he was on the on the on the baseline and and had no business even putting in the challenge what was he going to do he wasn't going to score from yeah. there and yeah. yeah to lose like that was, was it a penalty nilo <laughs> oh if if you got it given by the letter of the law, you'd probably say yes, but it yeah. was definitely brought on. I mean, mm. he had a choice. He could have gone around him, but he chose to run into him and won himself a penalty. If you're an Italy fan and it didn't get given, you, you would be hearing about it today from Italy's side. That's what I reckon. 50-50, there you go. Greatest sporting heartbreak. And this is this is more in relation to a sporting person. and, and something, number one? Yeah, something that actually happened. And it was... March 20, 2012, the great man Jim Steins passing uh, away. Yeah. Right, okay, yep. As far as sporting heartbreaks concerned is, is for those that don't know me, Jimmy Steins was one of my heroes growing up and he was always, you know, so strong, so so real, so fit. Great and player, great mm-hmm. man. Yep. For that to occur was kind of like a piece of your childhood mm. going and, yeah. yeah, that's probably the most upset I've ever been in regards to something to do with sport. He did a lot for, like, underprivileged youth and stuff as well, didn't he? He was always working in programs and... Yeah, definitely. Well, fought the good fight. He did. Yeah, his foundation's still, you know, going strong. Still going. And, yeah, he was a great man. So, anyway, number one, Jimmy Steins. There you go. Liam, you want Myself? to go next? There you go. All right, boys. Well, I'll start off with my number three. Yep. Now... This was <laughs> – I did just mention the Clippers just recently as a Clipper nice. fan. Now, this is just in general the Clipper curse, which is well, no, well known. Oh, yeah. You've There's uh, a curse on this franchise. Everything goes wrong every year. Yeah. Every player gets injured. But a particular instance sticks in my mind where I thought this is just genuine heartbreak. 2015 second round of the playoffs – Right. against Houston. Uh-huh. They actually just come off the first round knocking out Damo's boys, the Spurs, which was an extraordinary result. Oh, yes. Our first playoff series win probably in 100 years. Yeah, I was, was so watching bring- the Green Bay Packers game yeah, that day. <laughs> so we pl- <laughs> fast forward to the second round. We're playing Houston. We're up to 3-1 in the series. Yeah. 3-1. Yeah. 3-1. <laughs> Somehow lost game five in uh-huh. Houston. Fair enough. You cop that. You go back to LA, close it out in six. Yep. Up 19 with two minutes to go in the third quarter <laughs> and somehow lose it. Uh-huh. Genuine Gee, choke job. Went to a game seven. Went hey? to a game seven. Got our ass kicked. <laughs> I probably did kick the cat that, that night, Damo, to be honest. That was an absolute disgrace. That was genuine heartbreak. Yeah. The curse continues. Griffin does his knee or his ankle. Now he's gone. Yeah. So many injuries. Such a crap franchise. But for some reason, I support them. <laughs> Pretty sure I saw and I'm you sticking that day. with them. Nice. How, how did I, you I like even that. become a Clippers fan? Like, if, if you were to look at all the. You know, teams in the NBA, other than probably Sacramento and <laughs> oh, not Phoenix, Sacramento I couldn't think of a team worse to support than the Clippers. Oh, wow. I like the underdogs. Like, oh, the Renegades, you know, everyone goes for the stars. They're, I like the little, little the, side in the city. That's me. They're the poor side of Los Angeles. Like, you, how did you not be a Lakers man? I'd like to swear right now, but I can't stand the Lakers, <laughs> so I'm a Clipper for life. That's both of us. Now, moving on, boys. Number two, this was something that I think Nilo especially will remember very well. Mm-hmm. This was Stevie G slip in the Premier League back in 2014. Oh, yeah. oh wow. <laughs> I remember it well. Wow. Now, yes. this would have been Liverpool's first Premier League title in 24 years at a time. <laughs> yeah. And for it to happen to any player, it just had to be Gerrard. Like, anyone else I would have copped it. To happen to him, the man who actually bleeds Liverpool, he slipped over, obviously, at a very critical time in the game against Chelsea. Yeah. Bang, counter, goal, Chelsea, match over. We lost the title. It was just... <laughs> yeah. 
very, memes and very jokes sad. are still going around about it four years later. And Chelsea won. The and Chelsea title. won just for added salt. No, hang on. I think uh, City won the title. Uh, Chelsea won the game, but I think uh, City won City the won title. City won the title. That yeah. is true. Now, a quote from Stephen Gerrard about that. This was actually last year, this quote. Now, this happened at a bad time. It was cruel for me personally. There's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't think about it. Oh, wow. And what would have happened if I didn't slip? So, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's still a sore point. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. Now, number one, for anyone who knows me well, there can only be one number one. I know, for sure. It's haunting me to this day. <laughs> yeah. And that is the 1999 preliminary final. <laughs> uh, should have kicked it. Should have kicked it. Now, Definitely. Justin Murphy, the visions of that I pre holding the ball, the siren, still gives me shivers. <laughs> yeah. Three quarter time of that game, I was there with a good mate of mine, Simo. Shout out, Simo, if you're listening. <laughs> we're at the game, we're probably only about 15 or 16, me and a mate, and we're up by about three or four goals at three quarter time. Yeah. And we both called our mothers at three-quarter time and said, Mum, me and Simo are camping out at Windy Hill tonight. The game's over. We're getting grand final tickets. <laughs> True story. Yeah. And then that Greek magnificent man, I'll say better say something else, <laughs> but old mate Kuda had other ideas, took about 27 marks in the last quarter, kicked three goals, yeah. and the rest is history. But that was just genuine heartbreak. It still hurts me to this day. I don't think I've ever got over that game. There'll no. never be a worse game of footy than that, but... Um, Luckily, the next year we came back and beat Damo's mob in the granny. So that was that some was good, consolation. Yeah, that was good. Bring yeah. Up 2000. Yeah, I was watching the Green Bay Packers that day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But moving on, Nilo. All right. Uh, I'm going to go from number three, of course. Um, and big shout out to when Kevin Muskett's missed penalty against Sydney FC. That was yeah. that was very, that very disappointing. Yeah, that is an apology. But number three, uh, I'm going to whip through these as well. I think I'm going to do them by my favourite teams. And number three was when Liverpool lost the Champions League final in 2007. Right. I thought that was... Well, that would have been a dark day. It was a very, very dark day. It it wasn't great to be in the uh, Nilo household. Um, (laughs) Number number two, I was going to say something Socceroos related, and I was thinking about the Italy penalty, but at the same time, I almost felt equally as bad in that game against Germany when we got absolutely pummeled in the first game. We got up <laughs> bright and early, I remember, yeah. about 4 a.m. in the morning yep. and uh, got up and went to the actually went to the Village Cinema to watch it without any commentary. Oh, no. Without, without any commentary, commentary in 3D. With Chop Top at in least. Three. In 3D <laughs> to watch that performance. That is, that is the worst $30 or $40 I've ever spent. By? What was the score? I think it was about 4-0. I've repressed yeah, it, a, it, to be honest. It was a Four massacre. or five. Yeah. It was absolutely disgraceful. <laughs> and then we only just... We only just missed out on the group stage as well by goal difference in yeah. the end of it, which even rubs it even in a bit more. And uh, the number one I'm yep. going to say is I'm going to go in, in the vein of, of Liam and I'm going to take you back to 1996, to, to Nilo's 10th oh, yes. birthday oh, party. Yes. <laughs> party? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nilo's 10th birthday party. Had the streamers up. And, oh, this was bad. Uh, and then uh, had to watch Essendon lose by Plugger's Point after the siren. In the prelim. In the preliminary final. And yep. then to rub salt in the wound. They went on next week and they played like absolute chizen. Yeah. And we could have easily been at North and we should have been 1996, 100-year centenary premiers. Two prelim losses by a point yeah. and a five-year drug saga. We had a good run at yeah, we know, haven't we? That's oh, been good fun. We're and doing really, really well. Not yeah. only that, not winning, a, well, not winning a final since almost since then, isn't it? Yeah, since well, 2004. <laughs> so it wasn't hope. that far after the one-point loss. So. True. Well, at least you've got Geelong to fall back on. Oh, know. no. <laughs> 
no. Very nice. Definitely not. Dig, Damo. Um, I guess I'm up next. Um, my number three, um, I'm going to uh, try whip through this very quickly as well, of course, uh, was Croatia losing to France in 1998 World Cup. You know what? It was the first World Cup that Croatia as a nation was actually eligible for, and they made it, and they came third. So I know a lot of people will be saying, what are you complaining about? Uh, it was just the fashion at uh, which they actually uh, got knocked out. So a leading goal, uh, goal scorer for the entire tournament, Davo Šukar, he actually won the golden boot that uh, World Cup, mm-hmm. put us in the lead in the 46th minute against France in the semi-final uh-huh. to get to the final. Now... That lead was, well, pretty short-lived to uh, say, say the least. Uh, Lilian Turam scored his first ever goal for France in the 47th minute. So, <laughs> first, first ever goal. First ever goal for France. Uh, <laughs> and then he went on to double his tally <laughs> in the 69th minute, scored the winner. I was sitting there going, how is this actually happening? And uh, a lot of people were saying, mate, you've, you've, you've done really well, that being Croatia, of course. But you know what? It was kind of mixed emotions. Uh, I, I was immensely proud at the same time uh, when, in the end, they also actually ended up taking our third place against a very strong Netherlands team. And they were knocked out by France, who were the hosts of the tournament and the eventual champions, I should say. But if anyone can remember, Brazil was very, very underdone in that final and France took it out 3-0. So had we got there, I reckon we still would have won the World Cup in the first ever World Cup that we were eligible for. And you'd still be pissed now, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, slightly more more pissed than what I currently am. drinking that night, considering it would have been about five or something. No, no, 14. 14, all right. They they start them early in Croatia, mate. Thanks, (laughs) Damo. Just imagine, shout out to Mario, your brother, if Croatia won a World Cup, can you imagine? Imagine his uh, oh. party for the next few days. <laughs> uh, oh boy! I reckon he'll tell it. Uh, he'll tell uh, Tara, uh, his uh, wife, uh, that uh, yeah, probably you won't don't, see me for th- a week? don't expect me for about a week or six so, weeks. But, I reckon. <laughs> and number two, uh, it, it's it's the same as uh, Liam's. Unfortunately, I've done it again. Now, I'm going to have to start going before you because uh, it's always sounding like I'm <laughs> copying you, Liam. Ninety nine. That um, that was absolutely terrible. Uh, like you, all I can see is Justin Murphy holding that ball up uh, at the end of the game. Now, on a side note. What were we, 14, 15, 16 years old? Speaking about Mario, my brother, he actually took me to the game. I had to swap my shift at McDonald's. I worked worked the night before from 11 p.m. up until 7 a.m. that morning. I swapped that shift only so I could go to this game. I said, it's going to be worth it. We're going to make the grand final. Oh, wow. Slept about two and a half hours, got up, had a shower, went to the game. I was holding my eyelids open with with toothpicks. (laughs) I was gone, but I still had a bit of adrenaline in me. And then to watch that last five minutes, (laughs) I was distraught. Still, still don't look at a cheeseburger the same way? No, <laughs> I can't. I can't. This is probably why I <laughs> try to stay away from fast food uh, just because of that. Number one, this was a genuine, absolute heartache for me. Um, there were a few jibes going around over here about Liverpool and whatnot and uh, what you guys haven't accomplished. Uh, my team, the Blackburn Rovers, oh, uh, we actually we brought a uh, Premier League title to Anfield for you guys. So I saw some absolute dizzying heights watching this team. Now... You're still in the Premier League? No, we're not. <laughs> Are they even in the championship? My, no, we're not. <laughs> no. No. So, my number one heartbreak, it's not even us getting uh, relegated from the Premier League because I've actually witnessed that a couple of times. It was uh, uh, last season when we got relegated from the championship. <laughs> <laughs> It's tough to talk about it, you know. <laughs> I'm only laughing because it's easier than crying. Um, that was absolutely hard to watch. So, basically what it came down to was the last day 
we needed to win, but that wouldn't actually uh, guarantee that we'd stay up. So we had to depend on, who was it? I think it was Birmingham Forest to drop points. That's right. I remember. I watched this. Now, we smashed in a goal early. We won three-way away, three-one away, I should say. We beat Brentford, so we did everything we could on the absolute last day, only for news of the results to filter (laughs) in at other grounds that uh, both Birmingham and Forest had won. (laughs) And from the team that I uh, started watching that went on to win the Premier League to then be, well, (laughs) relegated down to uh, (laughs) League One, I finished watching that game at about 12.30, and I reckon I helped myself to around about eight vodkas after it. <laughs> uh, and Drink you know responsibly. What? Yeah. <laughs> Passed out uh, in, in the pool of my own tears, I reckon. Uh, that was absolute heartache for me. So, n- my number one Blackburn Rovers being relegated from the championship. There you go. Oh, boy. We've yep. all been through a bit of heartache after hearing that. I know. We need, we need therapy after this. <laughs> I think I tell we you. might. Straight jacket or something. But um, that was very good, boys. Now, we'll move it along. Uh, I think we're just about done, actually. But before we go, we're going to have a quick chat about what we're looking forward to this upcoming weekend in the sporting world. Neil, you want to kick us off? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm looking forward to the, uh, I already said it before, but the Commonwealth Games hockey, uh, of course, uh, I'm looking forward to the F1 being actually on in a reasonable time slot uh, when we're going to Shanghai for the round uh, F1. Uh, looking forward to the A-League, the last round of the A-League. Could be yep. some big, big games there. And we'll obviously, talk about the finals next, next week, week, of course. Absolutely, yep, yep. And uh, obviously, looking forward to seeing how the Bombers bounce back and also, at the same time, the Hawks versus the Ds. I'd be... Looking probably that to be uh, almost my match of the round. Looking okay, forward to seeing that one, Daniel. Kind of weird. I'm actually in the AFL. I'm looking forward to watching North play Carlton. Um, it, I know <laughs> that's kidding. strange. I hate. I've them actually both. written on that. Yeah. To be asleep. I've literally <laughs> written that. I want to Why see. Who's, it, I want to see who's the bigger rebel. It's for- <laughs> You know what? North got to win. I, I, sh- I should stop hammering them as much as I do, but I can't help myself. Um, I don't know why. I'm just interested to see who's further developed. I. I I don't know why, but anyway, aside from that, it's pretty straightforward. I'm looking forward to the uh, NBA, uh, the playoffs, and yeah, like I said, I'm going to be watching that very, very closely. Could the North Carlton game be as big a junk time as the St Kilda North game on Good Friday? (laughs) I reckon. It'll be close. It'll be close, but hopefully they both won it. Um, Look, the skill level's probably going to be leaving a lot to be desired, but nonetheless, hopefully they come out and uh, both show how much they won it. And you're hoping for any improvement from the red and black? On Sunday? I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> you know what? what, what Save it next up, week. It, it's up to them to win me back over, so I'll leave that in their hands. Sounds like a scorn lover or something, but anyway. I reckon. <laughs> Damo? I think what I'm looking forward to is fairly obvious. Go Dees. The Dees. Big uh, hopefully game. they uh, can get the job done against the Hawks. I think also an interesting game, not necessarily probably a big drawer over here in, in the eastern states, but GWS and Fremantle. Yep. I think that'll sort of show where Fremantle are at at the moment. They've, they've had a few wins, but whether or not they'll be a force this year is, is still yet to be determined. And who knows what's going to happen on Friday night with Adelaide and, and Collingwood or what game Collingwood's going to bring. I think we do know what's going to happen. I, I think Adelaide will win, but... I mean, Collingwood have been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde this year so far. Be yeah. interesting. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's me this weekend. Very good. Uh, also, sorry, too, the Randwick Championships, they do on Sydney. Uh, Winks. Winks. Going for 25 straight, is she? I think it is. What time of the day is that at, or what day? So, it'll be sort of around about, say, 2 o'clock on Saturday. On Saturday. Yeah. On Saturday. Saturday All right. afternoon. I'll have to tune in for that one. Liam. 
All right, great. So uh, I think for me, I'm much the same as you, Daniel. Yep. Pumped for the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. And uh, I actually agree. The game I'm looking forward to the most in the footy is actually Damo's boys, Hawthorne Melbourne. I think mm. that'll be a really good test to see where both sides are at. Hawthorne looking yep. a lot better than last year, and the Ds are flying. So that should be a cracking game. Now, just one last thing before we go. We've got a brand new segment, Nilo. I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not. Yeah, yeah. Now, cue the music. <laughs> cue the music. Now, me and Damo are thinking about going head-to-head with our best bet of the week and have a running total to see who can uh, get the chocolates at the end of the season. Oh, here we go. Best bet of the week. Damo, kick us off. What's yours? So I've, I've got a bit of ground to make up after Port Shemozzle <laughs> last week. <laughs> Lucky that was a mulligan round, a yeah, test that was round, a pre-season. <laughs> it was just a test to see if people were listening, to be honest. So um, this week we'll actually uh, kick it off. Now, sticking with the racing on uh, Saturday afternoon, the championships day two up at Royal Randwick. Race number nine, so 4.25 in the afternoon. My tip is uh, Dixie Blossoms number three. So... Currently paying five to one for the win and two for the place. So have each way and get in the queue. There you go. Now, mine, I'm sticking with footy for myself. Now, I'm taking the Swans to cover the line against the Bulldogs. I think the Bulldogs just beat a bunch of witches hats last week. So I'm not convinced <laughs> yet that they're any good. They might. Oh, it's true. They might yeah. prove me wrong. Yep. But I think the line's about 17 and a half. I think Sydney oh, are good enough easy. to beat the Dogs by at least three goals. Good one. So good we'll keep a track of this demo and see how we uh, go head to head on this. But I think that's it, fellas. Thanks for your company. Any last words, Daniel? No, uh, not from me. Thanks for uh, pinpointing me on that one. Uh, put me on the spot. And just a reminder again, Neil, about the comp we're running. Do you want to just give one more shout-out about that? Yeah, absolutely. Just remember to share the Twitter status uh, or retweet, I should say, the sh- Twitter status. And make sure you follow us on Twitter and also share the Facebook status about this episode and follow us and like us on Facebook. And what's up for grabs? What will happen is all the names will go into a draw. All the names will go into a draw. After episode five, just before episode six, we'll be drawing the winner and your choice of GA tickets four. That's right, four <laughs> GA tickets to round six, round seven, sorry, of the AFL. There you go. So nice. thanks for your company, boys. Uh, big weekend coming up a sport, and uh, we'll speak to you all next week. Cheers. Cheers.